Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us, and we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day, and I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events, and uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. steel wool brush it's like a thousand fingers on a chalkboard and worship God to that noise it wasn't even a joyful noise it it was an irritating noise brother Matt said I'm gonna buy one and take it home uh, to, to our church I said you do I'll stomp that sucker flat I won't have that but they love to worship God with this horrible, loud music. Don't anybody in here say it's too loud here. You don't know what loud is. I showed up at that Bible school. I don't know why they did this. They had two PA systems. They said, we need two PA systems. Double whammy, both of them feeding back. Brother, the missionary said, we've done seminars. We've tried to train them. We've tried everything. They don't get it. It's as loud as they can go. So the American church doesn't know what loud is. Anybody, this is what we threaten people with. If anybody complains from now on, you're going to the Dominican. You, you have to go to the Dominican for six months. You will come home and say, turn it up. I can't hear anymore, so turn it up. So we've, we've just got over our jet lag, and, and uh, we had a great time. And I'm just, I'm really telling you this. You guys inspired us to do this. And this year, we're building. We've already, we sent the first part of the offering to Nicaragua. And we built a pastor, a little home. He, he had no home. And so we sent the first part of the offering, and they build his home, are building his home. And then we're going to send, after the end of March, the rest of the offering, and we're going to build him a church in Nicaragua. So we're excited. We're excited about that. And uh, But y'all are very much further advanced. I'm, I'm impressed by you are you are mentoring good things in our district good things among preachers all over America there's an old prophet many years ago brother Tom Barnes I pastored in Texarkana 70 miles or so from him he was in Minden Louisiana he said there are three reasons that the American church exists he said, number one, to protect Israel. Number two, to keep the strong men at bay. And those are whole big deals that we want. And he said, and the third is to finance worldwide revival. And really, if it's going to happen, it's going to have to be the American dollar. Those people over there, the Dominican, uh, they make less than $120 a month. American dollars, $120 a month. Some of them work 12-hour days. Most of them work 12-hour days for $3 a day. And uh, the, the real fortunate ones maybe make $10 a day. And so when we took those projects, and when you guys take these projects, these are projects that when they start them, the church expects 20 years before it's finished. They may get up some money and they may be able to pour a slab or or do this or do that, but they're looking at years and years and years. And then the American church steps in and somebody brings them a check and they're able to build that building that year. Yeah. And they're nice, nice. 
I wish I could show you the church that this one church was in. It was pieces of corrugated tin and cardboard. And it was just a shack with a dirt floor. And now they have these walls and they have this roof and the cement floor. And, and it's just so nice. It's like a Taj Mahal to them. It's, it's the nicest building in the whole area. Because these churches are built in these barrios. And everybody's living in shacks. But the Pentecostal church, man, look at this nice Pentecostal church there just amazing that's what your money does it really makes a difference and it and they're so thankful you know i was wondering when i went over there well are they going to be kind of irritated at us for coming and, you know the big braggadocious americans blah blah blah, blah. no 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 they are so thankful for the for your assistance and so grateful I think everybody needs to go on a missions trip at least one time. You ought to, you ought to save your nickels and dimes and, and, and make it a point to go with Brother Wisnet or whoever from the church that's going so you can see and feel for yourself just how big of an impact you are making in a lot of people's lives. And I can tell you're really impressed with that. Nobody said no to amen or nothing. Amen. Well, it, it really is the truth. So, Brother uh, Wisnet called me and said, Brother Lamonis couldn't be here. Uh, Brother Lamonis is a nice young man. He'll have a ministry one of these days if he really buckles down and stays faithful to God, he'll amount to something after a while. Just, uh, you tell him I said that. Yeah. On second thought, don't tell him I said that. Said he couldn't be here and he asked me to fill in for him. And so I am going to preach today. The Lord gave me a thought to preach to you today on this sacrificial Sunday. I'm reading from the book of First Kings chapter 17 first Kings cap chapter 17 so good to be here uh, with brother Wisnet and sister Wisnet and Addie and uh, I've never seen a girl eat steak like Addie I'm telling you she is a Wisnet to the bone I mean I know her mother is her mother but mm -mm, it's over here the genes are over here so uh, Addie is something else. Stay full of the Holy Ghost, she'll be great. If she don't stay full of the Holy Ghost, she'll wreck everything. Wiznets run hot or cold, I'm telling you. You either sold out to God or, oh my Lord, the devil has an ally. But Addie's all, I'm telling the truth. Am I telling the truth? You is a devil before you pray through. But when he prayed through, he prayed through forever. And he has been a devil-causing trouble preacher. And he caused trouble in other things too. But anyhow, we won't talk about that. So we're looking beginning today in uh, chapter 17. And let's start our text reading in verse 8. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee. Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose, and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there, gathering of sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it, and 
die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me therefore a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. So I want to preach out of verse 13 is our text. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first. A little cake first. So I'm going to preach today on the subject a little cake first. A little cake first. Raise your hand and ask the Lord to anoint the pastor, the preacher to preach, and for you to hear. Lord Jesus, we're asking in Jesus' name that you will speak to us, that you will help us, Lord, anoint us. This is a very important service today. A lot of things are hanging in the balance of how we respond, Lord, to this message, to this altar service. So I pray, God, that I will preach a wonderful, challenging message that will bring forth fruit in this church and that that fruit would remain. I'm asking in the name of Jesus. Somebody say, in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. A little... A little cake first. Now, when you, if you are reading this passage of scripture in, in a casual attitude, this really, really pushes the envelope. And uh, it is easy, very easy, to miss what makes this work because the prophet is seemingly so pushy. I mean, who would say to somebody after they explain their dire circumstances, I have just a little bit of meal. I have just a little bit of oil. I'm going to make a fire that's only two sticks worth. We're not planning on having much of a fire. And then we're going to eat this little bit that we have and die and the prophet says the prophet says okay do everything you said you was going to do but do it for me first well that's it's easy to say well that's so unfeeling that's so rude that's such a manipulative prophet to take advantage of a lady in that state of mind in those bad of circumstances. But when you look at the scripture a little more carefully, right there in the first verse that I read, it said, arise, verse 8, and, and the, the one before says, and the word of the Lord, everybody say the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord came unto the prophet, him. This is the uh, prophet Elijah saying, Arise and get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Here's the key. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Now that, that changes everything. Because what that lets us know is God was working on both ends of this relationship. It wasn't a, a pastor, it wasn't a prophet that was saying, you do this because I tell you to do this. The Lord had already dealt with this widow. He was talking to her, saying, 
I am going to send the prophet your way and I want you to take care of him during this famine. Now we know that this was a God-made famine. We know that the prophet said to the evil king of Israel, by my word, it shall not rain upon the earth until I say it's going to rain. Because God is tired of your wicked ways and your sinful reign in this kingdom. And he's going to bring judgment by the way of a drought. So this drought was God made and man of God proclaimed. But when the drought uh, ensued, he suffered along with everybody else. So now he's been to the brook Cherith for a while. The ravens have fed him. And the Lord says, now it's time for you to leave here because the brook dried up. So you go to Zarephath and I have talked to somebody to take care of you for the rest of this famine. Now, what I'm preaching, I'm not yelling, but I'm preaching. When you're young, you think you have to yell to preach. But you can scratch that itch and get rid of it and not have to dominicamize everybody's eardrums. Can, can you see I've been traumatized? I think I got PTSD. I got a little PTSD, dominicanized. So what I'm preaching, my first point is this. You are here on Sacrifice Sunday. You are here because you have a generous heart. You are here because you love the Lord and you honor your pastor and you believe that what money that you're giving is going to places that they say. There's proof there. There's people that have gone from this congregation overseas. You see exactly where the money that you gave here ends up over there. Nobody's embezzling it. Nobody's misusing it. It is an honest transaction that comes from pure hearts. But the fact of the matter is, if God is not talking to you on your end, you'll feel put on. You'll feel like we're, we're trying to get one over on you. You'll feel like, well, I just, you know, this is just not really what I want to do because it's, it's just my pastor, it's just my church trying to get us to give. Oh, oh, I hope there's no one that is sitting here with resentment in your heart and resentment in your spirit saying, I just really can't do this. I, I really can't afford this because what I'm saying is then don't give it. I, I know he won't say it, but I'll say it for you. Just be a... Just be hateful about it and stingy and see how that works for you. I'd like to come back next year and talk to you stingy people. How did it go with you? How much blessing did you get? Tell us all the good things you did with that $50 that you could have given. I think I'm anointing. Maybe. Oh, I want God to talk to my heart. You ought to be, if, if God hasn't talked to your heart, you ought to feel a little panic right now. I don't want this just to be me. I want the Holy Ghost to talk to me. I want the Holy Ghost to talk to me on my end of the spectrum. Those kind of givings, <coughs> those kind of offerings changes lives. When it's just a transaction between on the horizontal between human beings and human causes, God will bless that. But when the Lord is talking to you and the Lord is putting in your heart, I want you to give this in this offering. That takes it to a whole new level. Now God's involved, not... Listen to this. Not just the principle of God is involved, but God himself is involved because he has spoken to your heart and he has told you what he wants you to do. And God don't speak lightly. 
And God don't just speak to be heard. He speaks to be obeyed. But who hasn't obeyed the voice of the Lord and been blessed? I love, I love to hear from the Lord. I live, you know, I've been living for God for 48 years. I've been preaching for 46 years now, 46 years full time, preaching the gospel since 18 years old. So I've heard from the Lord. But there's a lot of times I didn't hear from the Lord. I just did that which was right. I didn't have to hear from the Lord when I got up and said, well, I think I'll live for God today. No, no, no. I made that decision a long time ago. And I said, I'm going to live for God the rest of my life. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. Well, I did because the Lord told me, I'm going to make you a great preacher and you're going to impact thousands and thousands of lives. That's what he told me. I used to tell people that and they all laughed at me. So I quit telling, and I just started doing. And 46 years later, it comes to pass. It comes to pass. Because when the Lord tells you something, it's going to come to pass. He don't just talk lightly. If he says, if you'll give this, I'll bless you, you can take that to the bank and cash it. Is the Lord talking to you? Is the Lord talking to you? Raise your hands and say, oh, Lord, talk to me. Oh, Lord, let me hear from you. Don't let, let this just be my opinion. I want to hear what the Lord has to say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When the Lord is talking to you, I've noticed this. I've noticed this. When the Lord's talking to people, you can preach that Jesus came from Alaska on an Arctic cat. And they'll come and get saved. And Jesus did a wheelie when he got to Anchorage. And he said, I've come to save you. And they'll come and get saved. You know why? Because God is working on their heart. And you get people that's not hungry for God, they'll sit there with their lip all curled up. They'll be looking around saying it's too loud. You're going to the Dominican. What's, what's all this going on around here? Why is these people... Uh, running around, why is these kids running around? This is a bunch of tomfoolery. But when God is dealing with the sinner's heart, they'll sit there and cry. They'll sit there and say, I've never felt nothing like this in all my life. There's something here that I've been looking for and searching for. It makes all the difference. And everybody... Everybody in this building right now, at one point or another, God has spoke to your heart. Personally, you knew it was the Lord. He, he used the preacher. The preacher said the things that you were saying in your spirit. He nailed it completely. You knew without a shadow of a doubt. This isn't mass hysteria. This isn't mind manipulation. This isn't a coincidence. There is a God that has talked to me. And there is a God that has talked to that preacher up there. And I am hearing my thoughts told me. That's what caused us to repent. That's what made us fall on our knees and say, Oh, Lord, I want you to forgive me of my sins. I want to change my life. Because our flesh would have never said it. <laughs> our flesh would have never gave us the faith to say, I can quit drinking, and I can quit smoking, and I can quit fornicating, and I can quit lying, and I can quit being depressed. No, the devil would have never given you the strength or the relief to make a decision. But when the Lord spoke to your heart, you said, I can do this. I can change. I can be different. Oh, raise your hands and praise God for that. The night that God spoke to you. Oh, the night that God spoke to you. Hallelujah. I pray somebody is being talked to by the Lord right now. 
Sometimes it's a still, small voice. Sometimes it's a thundering voice. I'll never forget when God spoke to me. He thundered. He thundered in my life. I was not right. I was not living for God, and I was, I was planning bad things. And the Lord spoke to me while that evangelist was preaching. And he said, I'm calling you tonight. And if you don't come and pray through tonight, I will take your ministry. I will take your life. And I will give it to somebody else. And you can do what you want to do. I got up out of that pew and I made a run to that altar. And I said, don't God, don't leave me. Don't forsake me. Oh, I heard from the Lord at 15 years old. I knew it was the Lord. I knew it wasn't just the preacher. I knew it wasn't just my mother's prayers. I had heard from the Lord. You need to pray right now. Let me hear from the Lord. Let me hear from the Lord. Ha-ha. <laughs> There's no substitute. This isn't in my notes. I'm preaching on inspiration right now. This, uh, there's no substitute for other voices. The voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord. There's a great man in my church. I have a picture of him, two pictures of him in my study. He's the man that prayed me through the night that I prayed through. And he was a good man. He was a big old burly ex-beer-drinking, cigarette-smoking and, uh, and when he got God, he got God big time. And he would get me when I wasn't living for God. And he would try to make me pray. He'd try to make me pray. And he's strong, so he'd just, help. he'd just boom, hold my head on the pew. I'm all mashed down on the pew. I don't want to pray. I didn't have any desire to pray. And he said, you're going to pray. He didn't have a lot of wisdom. But, but he had a lot of passion. And one time, he come after me, and I mean, it was a deal between him and me. He wouldn't leave me alone. He'd seek me out. Oh, thank God. But I didn't thank God at the time. I was like, oh, my Lord, here comes Brother Colin. And one time, he has me down. He's got his big old meaty arm over my back, and he's crying. I feel his hot tears dripping on the back of my neck. And I look up at him. I'm trying to turn around. I said, why do you do this to me? And he said, because when I pray you through Nathan Hurst, I will pray 10,000 people through. And that, that makes for a good, you know, that makes for a dramatic point right now. But that didn't change my life. That just made me mad. That just made me feel guilty. It sounds good now. But I had to hear from the Lord for it to click into place for my life for me to get the courage to change my life when God speaks to you you will get the courage to be obedient to his word clap your hands to the Lord everybody amen what we're talking about what we're talking about here what we're talking about here is anything to do with God, you always have to first do something. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then will I hear. If you will give, it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together. It is always, somebody said, well, isn't it ironic that God doesn't give until we give? No, no, it's not. It's always that way with God. You always make the first personal gesture. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe it should not perish, but, by, but have everlasting life. So God starts it, the big gesture, the, the the sacrifice. God starts it. But on a personal level, you have to first make the move. God has given you the opportunity 
somebody said, why isn't everybody safe? Because they, have, they haven't made that gesture. Why isn't all men come to God? Why, why, why isn't it just where everybody is saved? Because God died. Because God gives you the opportunity. But you have to make the first move. How many remembers when you made the first move? I'm going, I'm going to pray. Is there any backsliders that came to themselves and said in their heart, I am going to go back to the Father's house. I am going to make the trip from the pig pen back to my Father's house. We all have to make the first move. <laughs> so really, really, the words of this prophet are not that rare. In, in that context, make me a little cake first. Now, since we have to make the first move, and since the Lord has sent a man into our life, let's talk about this. God will never ask you for something that you don't have. Notice the prophet didn't say, I want a steak so Addie can eat it. He didn't say, I want a steak with the baked potato like Brother Wisnett bought me last night, Sister Hurst and I, and we split it. Well, Ron cut off in, uh, two ounces, and I had to try to eat six, and I got five. So the dog ate well last night. God will never ask you God will never ask this church to give what you don't have. God's not expecting for you to give a million dollars. Oh, if I had a million dollars, I'd give it to the kingdom. No, you wouldn't. Just give that thousand. God's not asking you for a million dollars. He's asking you for what you have. Oh, I, I don't have anything. Yes, you do. Think about it. You have trust. You trust your car to start. You trust those wheels to roll. You trust that engine to get you down the road. You trust that automobile. In fact, if it lets you down, you get offended. You trust it so much. You have trust. If you trust in Ford, surely you can trust in God. If you trust in the Chevy, you can surely trust in God. You have trust. Yeah. You have love. You love those cowboys who are not playing in the Super Bowl again. Nobody loves eagles. Fly eagle, fly my hind leg. I'll shoot that bird out of the air like a pigeon. We're getting distracted. I feel the spirit of evil coming in. I saw this picture of the United States, and it said, this, this is not a part of my sermon, and it said, who's watching what on Super Bowl Sunday? And it had uh, Kansas and Missouri red watching the Chiefs. And then it had... Uh, Where's Philadelphia? What state? Pennsylvania, maybe Delaware, and they're watching the Eagles. And then it had Texas Blue said they're watching reruns from the 90s. <laughs> and then the whole rest of the states was yellow. The whole rest of the states was yellow, and it said, and these states are just glad Tom Brady's not playing in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Get your mind on God. You love your wife. You love your dog. You, some of you love to fish. Come on, talk to me now. You have love. And so God asks you to love him. He doesn't ask for you to do something that you're not 
capable of it. Everybody say, whatever God asks me, I am capable of doing it. Whatever God asks me, he is not going to ask me that which is too hard or unable to bear it. What God, what God is asking of this church today, you can do it. You can do it. Well, brother, I, I want to I put this in the proper perspective because I don't want you to feel like I'm bullying you here. Uh, listen, uh, it's going to get done. God's going to have his way. But he has invited you to be a part of the solution. Well, I, I don't want to feed the prophet. Oh, wait, wait, wait. God can feed the prophet with ravens. If he needs to, he can send a couple buzzards. Or for that matter, he can send a lion. God can do anything. And God's will is going to be done. But today, many are called, but few are chosen. That the Lord says... I want you to give to my prophet. I want you to sacrifice. Is it a sacrifice? Yes, yes. I'm not trying to take, you've got this much cake and you've got this much oil and the prophet says, make that cake and make that, but give it to me first. If God's not talking to you, you're like, what kind of? horrible person is this but you got to hear what he said for thus saith the Lord for thus saith the Lord the barrel shall not waste from meal the cruise shall not waste from oil when you put God first and you just you just make God a little cake this He's not asking for everything. He's asking for a little cake. We're not asking you to sell your house and sleep in, in a cardboard box under the freeway overpass. Why are you living here? Well, I gave my, my house. I sold my house. And I gave it to Brother Tim Wisner. We, we don't want that on the news. Why are, you, why are you sleeping in this old car? Well, I sold my nice car and gave it to missions and and uh, and uh, and so we're you know we gave her house and we gave her dog, and I tried to give my wife but nobody wanted her. No, no, no. No, God's not. A He's just asking, folks. Think about the. Some of you look at. Listen, you are wealthy compared to the Dominican. We we are so blessed. We throw away more at Starbucks than they make in a month. If you get one Starbucks a day for a week, that's that's thirty-five dollars. We didn't even think about that. We just go to Starbucks, and you got to get the cinnamon crumb cake. Too many cinnamon crumb cakes. They, they, we, we have so much in comparison to them. They're looking at a 10-year building program before they get it finished. We can make it different with one offering. Are you going to let me preach a little bit more? Look at, look at what God did. Look, at, okay, so you've got to have faith. And you got to react and be obedient and give it first. This, the famine, if I'm not mistaken, the famine was seven years long, I think. The famine was seven years long. I think we're about three years into the famine in this text reading. That means on one offering, four years 
of free meal and four years of free oil. I think I'll take the deal. I, I think I can do that. Given this offering, and I'll give you free gas until it goes under $3 a barrel or uh, at the pump. Somebody said, oh, will God do that? Listen, you know. How do you live on the 90% or the 85% when you pay your tithes and at the end of the year you try to figure out how you did everything and paid everything and have everything and people that kept 100%, they don't have near what you have. They don't have near the blessings. And you're like, how did that happen? How did, that, how did we do that? God will put meal in the barrel. I'm telling you, God. We'll put meal in your barrel and oil in your cruise. I feel, I feel strong about this. I feel strong about this. I think you should challenge God. I think, you know, God says, don't you challenge me. I'll fry you like a French fry, bro. He, don't, he says, when I speak, you obey. But there's one area God says, you can challenge me. He said, you can prove me. Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord, if I will not open the windows of heaven. If I was somebody here today, I'd say, I'm going to challenge God, and I'm going to give to the kingdom of God, and I'm challenging God to keep my barrel full, to keep my oil cruise with oil in it. strong that I'm, I'm to say you give that offering if God don't take care of you this year I'll pay you but I don't feel like saying that but I do feel like saying this you give that offering if God don't take care of you he'll pay you does he look worried does he look fretful no he's not worried or fretful because when you give to God he is the one that's going to take care of you In fact, giving, I'm, I'm kind of chasing a few rabbits here. Giving is such a deal with God, it suspends the rules of salvation. God will bless sinners that pay their tithes. I got sinners all over that pay their tithes. They, they, they call me their pastor. Praise the Lord. I'll, I'll have that beer. Uh, where do you go to church, Brother Hurst Church? Really? <laughs> well, I pay tithes there. They're hardcore pay tithe payers because they say, I can pay tithes and God blesses my finances. Now, I, I don't necessarily want to go to church all the time, but I'm going to pay my tithes. God, God is so touchy about his giving. He'll bless sinners for giving. Mm. Mm. So if God will bless the lost, I'm just, how much more would God like to bless who's called by his name, who's baptized in his name, who's filled it with his spirit. So here, here's my last point. Y'all want to hear the last point? If she had not taken care of the prophet, the prophet would have went on down the road, right? He would have went somewhere else. God would have said, okay, plan B. We'll go over here. There came a day when you read this text, it's just a few pages from this text. Not only is she taken care of, but because she's taken care of the prophet, when her son falls sick unto death, she has the prophet there. When you take care of God, when you take care of God's man. He's in your life. She didn't have to say, she didn't have to say when her son stroked out and is dying, she didn't have to say, oh my God, where is that preacher? Where is that man of God? Where did he go? She knew exactly where he was because she had made a place 
for the man of God in her life. And so she didn't have to make a long-distance phone call. And she didn't have to go searching out the pastor. She knew exactly where he was. And she had a place to put her tragedy. When you have a prophet in your life, you have a place to lay your tragedy. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. It's coming. Everybody suffers. Everybody goes through something every five to seven years that unalterably changes your life. It can, it, can, it, can, it can change your personality. It can give you PTSD. It can give you all kind of stuff, all kind of issues. Or you can have God in your life and turn to the Lord and let the Lord secure you and wrap his arms around you and sustain you. You can have it. You can go through it alone or you can have a church family that will stand beside you and love on you and not let you go into depression, but will pray with you. Can I get some old-fashioned saints to raise your hand and say, that happened to me. I had God in my life. I had a pastor in my life. I had church family in my life that helped me when tragedy came, when sickness came, when sorrow came. preacher sons and daughters out in the ministry. Brother Tim's one of them. And th they're all out and they're veteran pastors except for the, the last two. The last two's just getting started. Uh, eight and nine. They're just getting started. But everybody else, they've been out there fighting the devil, causing trouble, building churches. And, and they're grown men and they, they have their own prayer life and they have their own church, and they have, they have their own family. But I'm going to tell you something. When they need me, I will move heaven and earth. I will buy a ticket. I don't care how much it costs. We'll put it on the credit card. I'm going to be there for my men, and I'm going to be there for my preacher girls. I will stand beside them at the casket of their dying mother or their dad. It doesn't matter if I have to change my plans because they belong to me. They're my people. And when you live for God, you're his people. You have, you have God in your corner. You have the church in your corner. I tell you what, it's a cold, dark world out there, but it's never cold and it's never dark in the house of the Lord. There is always light in Goshen. <laughs> Somebody praise the Lord right now. I feel the Holy Ghost trying to break in here. <laughs> you know, I was over there, and we was, we was uh, celebrating that church that we built in the barrio. It had cement floors. And I turned, I turned to the missionary, and I said, well, what are they going to do for the floor? He said, well, they'll tile it. They don't, they don't do carpet over there because it's so humid it would rot the carpet. And then the tile makes it louder. Yeah, I, I'm suffering. And I said, well, well, when will they, when will they be able to tile the floor? He said, well, you know, it'll take, it'll take some money is it to, to tile the floor because that's where they put all their color is on the floor and 
and it's all bright, tropical, and Carib Caribbean-ish. I said, well, how long, how long does it take to, to get the money? And he said, well, it's going to be about $2,500, so it'll take a couple of years, maybe four or five years. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We come this far. And I said, you don't tell him, but I'm going to get that money, and I'm going to give it personally. I'm not going to ask my church. I'm not going to ask the church. Because I felt the Lord said, give a little cake to them. Just just give them a little piece of cake. Finish this for them. You did the walls. You did the ceiling. You did the doors. You did the windows. Look how thankful they are. Just get $2,500. Now, I don't know where that $2,500 is, but I'm going to give a little cake. Just $2,500. $2,500. I can get half of it today preaching for y'all. Yeah, or, 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 or a good chunk. Because I know I told him how to give. I taught him how to give. Now I'm benefiting. Hallelujah. You don't go cheap. You go big. You go good. Well, well, can't you take that money and give it to something? I'm always giving money away. I gave $115,000 of tithe money to the church last year. A hundred. And $15,000. Somebody said, well, is that tithe money? It was my money. I could have bought bubble gum with it. I live in the tithe, but I've got a vision kingdom mine. And the kingdom needed that money. And $115,000 went into the kingdom of God. You ought to thank God every day that this man is not selfish, that he has a heart for the kingdom of God that he promotes the work of God and doesn't just talk about it. He puts his money where his mouth is at. Just a little piece. Just a little piece. God is asking today. I don't want all of it. I just, I just want a little and for, if you'll trust me, and you'll respond in faith and be obedient, I'll take care of the meal barrel. I'm prophesying in the name of Jesus. I don't care what the economy's like. I don't care how bad inflation gets. God's going to take care of this church because this is a giving church. This is a missions church. This is a key church in the mind of the Spirit. I'm not just flattering you now. I'm talking in the Holy Ghost. God's going to take care of Woodland and God's going to take care of Vacaville because they've caught the vision of taking care of the kingdom of God. And you've got to take care of who takes care of you. The mill barrel is not going to hear me. Hear me, church. Hear me, devil. The mill barrel is not going to run out in this church. And the oil is not going to dry up in this church. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Ah. Ah. Just a little, just a little, just a little put me first, he's saying, put me first. There's no telling, there's no telling what I'm going to get for that $2,500 offer. There's no telling. There's no telling what God's going to give me. I've had God give me motorhomes. Two of them. Give me motorhomes. $100,000 motorhome for pennies. I've had God give me stuff all the time. And so I said, well, let's give, let's give this to God. And then he gives me some other stuff. I'm going to have to build bigger barns. And I'm not going to be cursed to God because he gave me this stupid stuff. 
Thank you, Jesus. When God finds somebody that knows how to make a cake and that will share their cake with him, he, I'm done with my sermon. I'm prophesying now. He goes into exclusive partnership. He likes a cheerful giver. In fact, he loves a cheerful giver. I feel like, I feel like saying this. Uh, I have a $1,000 club in my church. $1,000 club. And the deal is, I'm not going to ask every Sunday. I'm not going to ask every month. I'm not even going to ask every year. But every once in a while, I'm going to need some money for the church. And I'll just simply say, all right, to the $1,000 club, I need four or $5,000. They fall over themselves writing those checks. They really do. Because they said, I'm going to be used of God to give. I'm going to be counted on by the church to give. So God's going to put that money in my account. And if I have to drain it, God will fill it back up because I'm a part of the $1,000 club. No pull, no push, no nothing because they have entered into a contract with God. This church, this church is going to see miracles, healings, divine intervention, growth, revival, backsliders, because of one thing, today's offer. All he's waiting is for you to bring a little piece of cake. He's got all the provisions for you. He's already in your future. He knows what's coming down the road. The Lord is asking. I'm not asking. Are you asking? No, let's don't ask. The Lord is asking for just a little cake first. Raise your hands and praise the Lord. Everybody. Come on, let's enter into the covenant of prayer. Hallelujah. I want, you to, I want you to take your family by the hand and I want you to come to the altar for a moment. Amen. We're going to spend some time in prayer. My Lord, God has spoke to us through Bishop this morning. I feel so strong in the Holy Ghost. I want you to come with your family. Come by yourself. But I want this whole congregation to come to the altar right now. We're going to spend just a few moments, amen, listening to the voice of God. God is speaking to some of you right now. In the name of Jesus, God is speaking to some of you right now. He's challenging you. He's telling you, give me, give me the cake. Give me the oil in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, that's it. We're going to lay upon the altar of sacrifice ourselves for just a few moments as God speaks to us. Pray. Pray until your heart gets in tune with the Lord. Come on, let his voice come through to you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us 
through that uh, website and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.